We are go for launch. Five. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Four. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. This whole thing is insane. Three. Quiet, please. I am analyzing. Where's the kaboom? Two. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. One. Greetings, my fellow galactic travelers, and welcome back to Planet 8. This is your mission commander, Larry, speaking to you from our hidden base. Chief Engineer Bob is here by my side, as always, in the command center, and circling Planet 8 in our orbital spy satellite is Reconnaissance Officer Karen. This episode, we will be talking about the Far From Home Spider-Man film, uh, spoiler alert, we're going to have a lot of spoilers, um, as we usually do. So if you haven't seen the movie, turn off your, your podcasting equipment, your listening device, and come back after you see the film. Let's kick it up to the satellite straight away. Karen, far from home, what'd you think? You know, Larry, I, I enjoyed this movie. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know... It's sort of like a combination of superhero movie and uh, teen comedy. So uh, mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of fun and, and I really enjoy it. I don't want to say too much more. I think we'll discuss this a little bit more in depth. But mm-hmm. um, And I don't want to be this person, but I am going to say that this is an iteration of Spider-Man that is very different from the Spider-Man I grew up with. Um, in a lot of ways, this is a continuation, I, I feel, of sort of the Iron Man story, sort of like Iron Man Jr. So this is a different take on Spider-Man, and I kind of have to put that out of my head when I watch the movie and just enjoy the movie for what it is. But but as a movie, it's, it's you know, exciting. Uh, there's a lot of uh, funny moments, and, and there's a, a nice little... Um, kind of teen romance thing going he's got a great supporting cast so uh, mm. i did enjoy it but you know it's sort of like it's it's not really what i think of when i think of spider-man so um there is a little bit of that going on but but overall very enjoyable film cool cool and uh chief engineer bob i enjoyed it quite a bit um i did read all the ultimate spider-man comics which is kind of what the spider-man is based on I mean, yes, they, they did the whole thing where, where Tony Stark was sort of his mentor and uh, he was almost his ward. But uh, I think this movie may have closed that chapter because Tony's not there to build him suits anymore. I guess mm-hmm. S.H.I.E.L.D. is, but, uh, you know, I mean, I was really, really happy to see Happy Hogan's Jet blown up because that was getting way too easy for Peter to sit there and well let's see I'm going to make a suit and I'm going to give it this and that and the other thing and you know it's like Peter Parker's supposed to be hanging out in Aunt May's house in his bedroom tinkering away and coming up with you know whatever he can come up with via spare parts and things but uh, Mm -hmm. he's not supposed to be 
bringing up holographic computer images that can replicate into real life things that he can basically whatever his imagination wishes. But all that being said, my real reason for looking forward to this movie was that it featured one of my very favorite Spider-Man villains, Mysterio. Mm. So going into it, my whole thought was, well, I really, really hope they don't mess it up. I hope they do Mysterio good. And I thought they did. Um, especially kind of the the illusion attacks there towards the end. It, it looked like it came right out of a Ditko or a Romita comic panel uh, or comic page. Uh, I thought right. it was, I thought that was really good. <laughs> and I really enjoyed Mysterio. So I think with Mysterio, I could kind of overlook a too advanced Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. And again, I think, uh, you know, a lot of that was kind of taken away during this movie. So I, I think maybe we'll go back to a non Iron Man world of Spider-Man, even though I guess he still has the glasses, right? He, he still has Edith. See, now that was actually, I thought that was a great, uh, <laughs> a great yeah. an- anagram or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, I hear what you guys are saying. I, um, you know, the whole Iron Man thing, it, it just carried over from, from the first movie and from the, the last two Avenger movies. So I don't, uh, and, and I, you know, the purists out there, I know, um, grew up reading a certain kind of impoverished Peter, uh, you know, eating Big Macs, uh, uh, on the Statue of Liberty's torch and, and, uh, kind of selling pictures to J. Jonah Jameson to kind of make uh, ends meet. Um, I don't know. Uh, Peter was also one of the big brains. I mean, he, he created his web shooters. He's not up there with Reed Richards. But if he had the money that Tony had or the mentorship that Tony gave him, um, I, I was okay with it. I You know, it was a good popcorn movie. Now, I will say, and and we'll get into as far as what is our favorite Spider-Man movie? I, I enjoyed this movie as much as Homecoming, but not more. And, and I like Homecoming a lot. Um, I like this version of Spider-Man. I like the actor who plays Spider-Man. I agree the uh, supporting cast is uh, fantastic. I love that they brought Favreau back. Uh, you know, Favreau kind of got this whole Marvel Cinematic Universe going with the first Iron Man film. No, um, no, definitely. So it was, it was a fun movie. Um, I've seen it once. I wanted to see it another time uh, before we podcast, but I just haven't made it out there. So uh, it's on my list to go see again. But overall, I I would give this a B plus, a very solid B plus. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I've, now, I I liked I liked Homecoming. Yeah. I'm going to give this one just a little bit of an edge because of Mysterio. Even mm. though I think uh, I think the vulture, at least the way Michael Keaton played him, mm-hmm. I thought that I think he did a great job. I wasn't really into the whole big mechanical vulture, Iron Man suit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not that I think he should be in tights and a fuzzy collar, but um, <laughs> maybe something sort of a compromise in between. But I thought Mysterio yeah. was spot on, you know, the suit and the, the, and thank God he had the bubble on his head. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say the, the vulture 
was a different take on the character that we'd never seen, or at least I hadn't seen or read before in the books. Mysterio was pretty true. And Jake Gyllenhaal did a great job. You know, the first half of the film, it's almost like um, a a surrogate Tony uh, Stark or Iron Man. And you kind of see, you know, how it affected Peter. And then the second half, true colors are revealed. The other thing I really like, and, and I like about the Marvel Universe cinematic universe in general is how they tie all these threads together but this film they got back to the barf scene from civil war they got back to the first iron man film um you know all these um second and third characters that maybe had like seconds or a minute of screen time kind of had something to do with all the shenanigans going on in the second half of this film which i thought was really cool yeah, that was interesting how they they tied all that together. And, uh, you know, as much as we as fans enjoy Tony and even though he's he's arrogant and, and kind of a jerk at times, you, mm-hmm. you kind of say, well, he's our he's our jerk. Um, you have to realize that he probably if just like a lot of people in real life would would really rub people the wrong way, would make a lot of enemies Mm-hmm. And it kind of made made sense that you would have these disgruntled employees who, uh, you know, would put together some kind of, a, a, you know, situation like this where they would, you know, reclaim some of this technology and wind up using it to pull a scam. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you know, Tony, you know, I mean, this is the guy that that created Ultron and, and how many other, you know, problems or things that that he, he uh instigated you know caused misery for a lot of people around the world so you know it's kind of again he also uh created uh the vision in a a roundabout way in a roundabout way but but uh you know thinking back to the the vulture too you guys were talking about the vulture i i do think they did a great job with mysterio i mean they not only just said we're gonna go ahead and do that outrageous costume which was great right um, and they did the powers and everything. The thing about the vulture, though, I mean, nobody wants to see like an old bald man in a feathery outfit, right? So there well, was no Mike, Michael, Ke- Michael Keaton is almost an old bald man. Well, he's getting there. But, but the guy, yeah, but the in the comics, the vulture. I mean, he always looked like he was on death's oh, yeah. at death's door, you know. So I'll give Keaton a, a little. A little well, more if they can, if they can make Aunt May younger, they can make the vulture younger. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He looked like uh, what's that guy in The Simpsons? Not Smithers, but um, Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns, yeah, <laughs> version of Mr. Burns. And you could, yeah, you could throw Mr. Burns in that green suit with the, <laughs> the ruffled feather neck, and yeah, it'd be a perfect vulture. Yeah, that's interesting because if you look at the the first version of Doctor Octopus a fat old man I, you know, <laughs> not the pinnacle of health <laughs> but anyway we digress um yeah i i enjoyed mysterio as well the costuming was great um i know there were some people i was reading some stuff and they're like well if this was done back in the 90s he'd have a black leather suit he wouldn't have his costume and he'd probably have some goggles um so i'm i'm glad they gave him the fishbowl and and uh you know all the accoutrement that goes mm-hmm. with uh with mysterio well done. Very well done, Marvel. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that was the thing. It was like I heard Mysterio was going to be in there. I'm like, oh, yeah, right. Okay, they're going to screw him up somehow. <laughs> and uh, 
when I saw the first trailer and, uh, you know, if, at first you see him just with the suit, but no fishbowl on his head. Mm-hmm. You think, okay, see, they're not going to do it. And then they show him battling one of the elementals and, and hot dang, he had the fishbowl. And yeah, I mean, I, you know, had the nerdgasm seeing that. <laughs> well, and they had that great sequence where, uh, he's got Spider-Man in that building and, you know, so much of it, he's all the illusions are thrown at him and it, and it was like, wow, they're taking stuff from the actual comics. Cause yeah. I remember one of the first Mysterio comics I saw was, uh, I think it was a Marvel tale. So it was a reprint, but I remember distinctly that Spider-Man was seeing a giant Mysterio and he was mm-hmm. going to swat Spider-Man and, you know, dog got it. Yeah, they did that. They had like a giant Mysterio in his hand coming at Spider-Man and it was like, wow, they're actually taking stuff from the comics. So that was great to see. It was fun. The snow globe sequence. Yeah. You know, all the dis- distortion and disorientation that uh, Peter was uh, was experiencing. And then the poor guy gets hit by a train and the train was real. So that, that didn't uh, feel too good, I guess. Yeah, he takes a beating in these movies. He does. He does. I also like the way that they they explained the snap, you know. Uh, oh, you mean the blip? And, and the blip. What was the that blip? one kid that, that actually aged five years and he turned out to be a hunk? Was it Bruce or <laughs> Bryce? And he's, he like has the hots for MJ. And, yeah, he's hitting on Mary Jane. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was hilarious. I, I really enjoyed that that segment of the film as well. I also like the banter between um, Peter and Ned, you know, that friendship that um, they share and, and uh, Ned falling in love with Betty Brant. I, I didn't remember Betty Brant from the first film. Was she in it or did they introduce her in this one? Well, no, she was in it. The thing she is, was in it, okay. didn't, didn't Ned Leeds and Betty Brant, Betty Brant get uh, married in the comics? I believe they did. Betty Brant needs. Huh. Yeah. Brant Leeds, yeah, they were buried. There you go. So, I mean, there's precedent for that. But, yeah, yeah. yeah, obviously the Ned in the comics looks a whole lot different than the Ned in the movies, but. Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> but then again, so does Betty Brant. Well, and so is uh, MJ. Um, well, this but... MJ is not the MJ. Oh, she is in she's, my book. She's not Mary Jane. <laughs> well, yeah, I think she's supposed to be in this, so. No, they were. They, they said somewhere one, one of the directors or something said that she's not Mary Jane. In fact, that's not even her name. But they call her MJ, but she's a different MJ. Hmm. Leaving well, the door open for the MJ to come role. in later, perhaps. Yeah, I'd call BS on her not being MJ. Well, she is MJ. <laughs> she's just not Mary Jane. In fact, they didn't. Didn't they? Didn't they say what her name was in the first movie? And then she just shortened it to MJ? I think it was Michelle or something. But, I mean, she's fulfilling that same role. And why why would they call her MJ if they didn't uh, intend for her to basically be in that position? That just seems like a weird decision to make. Yeah, and then bring in a white chick with red hair and call her Mary Jane. That's kind of a coincidence. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. hey, I'm, I'm not directing these films or writing them, so who knows? Um, I'll tell you what was else I thought was really fun was the post credit scene. Which which one? Uh, well, the, the, the one where J. Jonah Jameson basically tells the world 
spoiler alert, last chance, kids. Peter Parker is Spider-Man. If you, if you, if you needed G- a spoiler alert for that, if you don't know that by now, come on. This, yeah, this J. Jonah Jameson, I can't think of the, the actor's or, uh, name. But J.K. Simmons. Yeah. It, thank you very much. He is J. Jonah Jameson. No one else could play that role. And I thought it was great that they utilized him because in the first movie, it's like, hey, where's J. Jonah Jameson? Well, here he is. And what is he doing? Befuddling Peter's life. But now the question is, now that he knows Peter is Spider-Man and he's outed him and all that, does that lock the door to uh, Peter ever working for the Daily Bugle and selling pictures and whatever? Well, it's it's a digital format, so I don't well, know. Digital I, pictures, I, uh, whatever. But I mean, does that close, yeah. does that lock the door on Peter ever working for the Daily Bugle and working for J. Jonah Jameson? Good question. Unless they totally figure out a way to undo that, but well, if if they introduce Memphisto in the third movie, I probably won't stay and watch it. But mini snap. Um, yeah. <laughs> That was one of that was one of the reasons that I got out of comic books is when they undid that whole Peter unmasking thing by Memphisto. Uh, anyway, I digress. Um, but that was a lot of fun. And then you know Nick Fury having a, a nice little tiki drink at the beach, and it turns out he's not really there. He's up on the scroll. Um, I don't know what a spaceship, for lack of a better word, um, made me wonder how many other scrolls are filling in for people on Earth. Yeah, well, I mean, basically, uh, you know, he's out basically in Tahiti with Coulson, probably. <laughs> they Could both be. have their little yeah, visions. He, and- like, when when did the the scroll, what's his name, Talos, when did he start filling in for Nick exactly? Mm-hmm. I mean, how long has Nick actually been a scroll? That's a good question. Perhaps since the 90s, huh? Well, I have to wonder. So it's like, how how long has the Nick we've known not been Nick? So I don't know. It's a little confusing. Well, it, it, it is it interesting. Really depends on if that's a throwaway scene or if they actually follow up on it in future movies. I kind of feel like they have to now. Now, pointing out the scrolls, though, that does give a potential way to clear peter's name you you could just say that uh you could have like a scroll imitate peter and have spider-man in in the same room together and say oh see peter's not spider-man it's you know oh very good walker so you mean like when alfred would dress up like batman in the 66 (laughs) tv show and everyone would buy it because it was so convincing right Hey, Batman's a skinny old man, but look, he's not Bruce Wayne, I guess. Yeah, I think the scrolls have a, a little more control over their appearance, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Something like that, Bob. So, no, it would, it would be interesting. And, you know, and again, it's like both of those post-credit scenes, I think, uh, affect the entire, at least, Spider-Man uh, storyline, if not you know, the other Marvel films, I think more than most of the other post-credit scenes in the other movies, except for maybe introducing Thanos. Mm. 
Yeah, they definitely had an impact. You know, sometimes you get those post-credit scenes where they're just silly or they don't seem to relate to the the movie you're watching. Um, but those both seem uh, relevant to to the film, so that, that was nice. I was gonna say it was uh, Debbie's son Michael that actually pointed out to me that at the end of that one post-credit scene, it's Spider-Man going, "What the." Just like uh, Aunt May in the first movie. What the? That's right. At the end. That would be cool if they end the third one that way, too. Well, it's kind of funny that Aunt May seems totally fine with Peter being Spider-Man, to such to the extent that she's even, like, packing his Spider-Man outfit in his bag and, you know, basically encouraging him to be Spider-Man. Um, I don't know. That's just a real twist on everything and and uh sort of makes you wonder about her judgment and you know the fact that she's kind of encouraging child endangerment i i don't know and it, it does it does make me wonder about her a little bit well she's not a normal child i mean there was one scene where uh happy stitching him up and he's like ouch and he's like well you're supposed to have superpowers he's like it still hurts <laughs> you know well exactly she wants him to go out and get hit by a train and all this other stuff it's kind of like hey Aunt May, maybe you ought to be like you know telling him to chill out a little bit i think it's more like you know if if he could run fast should he go play track and maybe get hurt or what if he wanted to play football or basketball? I mean, granted, there's more risk going off world and fighting Thanos and, you know, elementals and stuff like that. But you didn't have a problem with Peter's Aunt May in the Spider-Verse having that secret layer and helping Miles and stuff. She really encouraged Peter. She knew about his lab and stuff. I kind of felt this was, I don't know, kind of in that vein well, in the, well, I, in the comics, when Aunt May f basically revealed to Peter that she knew he was Spider-Man, and I think it was in like some big monumental, like issue number, you know, 300, 400, whatever the heck it was, um, mm -hmm. she revealed to him that she knew he was Spider-Man and that she had known for quite a while. So obviously there is precedent for her to be okay with it, I guess. I'm just saying it seemed like an unusual reaction for for a uh, maternal figure. You make a good point. I, 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 I hear what you're saying. Um, the other thing, too, now that I think about it, Into the Spider-Verse, um, and I know we podcasted on that, right? We all liked it. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man had secret lair he had the spider buggy he had he had means this wasn't the spider-man from the comic books um you know so this spider-man in this movie has access to stark tech not a good thing good thing what do you say well the japanese spider-man has a giant robot so what the heck <laughs> so does johnny Sacco. That's right. Every kid should have a giant robot. <laughs> and, and my favorite, Goldar. But, you know, that, that's another podcast. Yeah, but then he, all he had, all Miko had was a whistle. That was a magical whistle, my friend. You can call I, want, three. I want a robot that will carve ice sculptures for me. There you <laughs> Fish, plankton, sea greens from the sea. Box. 
I would actually oh. be afraid of that robot because oh. he, he's carving ice sculptures to distract you for something. Really? Yeah, but he wanted Jenny Agutter to just like strip down and pose. Well, is that so unusual? <laughs> and we veered off on. Okay, <laughs> right. Back this to, is the part of the show. Back to Spider Man. Anyway, Spider Man getting Stark tech. Um, I, you know, the thing I really miss is just the quality of Spider Man, where he was constantly struggling. Whether it was like, ah, uh, I don't have enough money to help Aunt May pay the rent, or mm-hmm. you know, oh, Aunt May's having to decide between paying the electric bill and and buying her medicine, and you know, just or or him trying to figure out like, you know. I've got to go to class, but I've also got to go stop the rhino and I've got to do this, that, and everything else. And, and, and just like he had limited means and, and things were never breaking his way. And I sort of feel like with, even though he's dead now, rich uncle Tony, like he just has, you know, resources that he never had before. And the whole scene where, you know, uh, happy picks him up and he's in the magic jet and like make whatever suit you want and you can put whatever you need in it to beat the villain that's just not the spider-man i'm used to i'm used to the spider-man who's got holes in his suit and he's running out of web fluid and he doesn't know what he's going to do and oh yeah he broke his arm and he's still got to fight the wizard and that's kind of what i enjoy seeing you know is the guy who struggles and works hard and has to overcome obstacles but but he still does it you know he still goes out there and and does it time and time again and i just kind of feel like with the stark backing and and i know bob thinks maybe it'll go away but i i don't know if it will you know it just feels like he's not having to kind of earn it and he's less relatable in a way because it's like oh well you know who cares he's got you know access to all this stuff he he'll he'll just you know It'll be fixed. It, it's no problem. So I kind of miss that aspect. And we still haven't gotten anything about Uncle Ben. And with great power comes great responsibility. I, I still kind of figure, feel like that's the cornerstone of his um, origin. And, and you know, they don't have to retell the whole origin, but I'd like to see some reference to it. Mm. Well, I mean, that's so the thing. They don't really mention Uncle Ben, even though Uncle Ben's... Uh, initials were on his suitcase but they don't really mention anything about may's background and and you know peter's parents any of that kind of stuff so you guys are missing the toby Maguire version of spider-man i never really liked toby but he struggled he didn't have means but yes i liked that aspect hmm yeah no i liked the toby Maguire version. two out of three anyway and uh, <laughs> everybody hates the turd. I mean, the third. That's right. Well, it was just kind of a convoluted mess, but. What would you guys think if this third movie kind of does like a Spider-Verse where we get the Garfield and the Toby versions of Spider-Man intermingled, intermingled with this one? <laughs> well, at one point, I thought that might be a possibility, but even though they built up this whole multiverse and everything. Guess what? It was BS. We found out in the movie that it was all just a story from Mysterio that didn't really exist. Mm-hmm. So is that still a possibility? 
Yes, Doctor Strange looked at all these different scenarios from all these different Earths in Infinity War, but so obviously other Earths and other continuums exist, but mm-hmm. are they ex- as easily accessible as we were led to believe up until Mysterio said, oh, I was just kidding. Well, yeah, and uh, which Avenger movie was it where the Hulk talked to the uh, ancient one? That was Endgame, right? It was Endgame, yeah. Yeah, and she was like, no, if, if I do this, then, you know, there's going to open up different realities. Um, just because Mysterio is BSing doesn't mean that he didn't read a Stark report that said, oh, there's multiple universes. Be careful. Who knows? I, I don't personally, I don't think they're going to bring back two other Spider-Men for the third movie. It's going to be some kind of you know, I don't know, maybe Peter's going to become Iron Man and Miles becomes Spider-Man. Who knows? Well, well here, I heard the director would like to bring Craven, Craven the Hunter in. Oh, uh, now that would be awesome. I, I love the Craven story. Uh, any any story with Craven in it is a good story. See, now that at was, least in the comics. That was going to be my next question. When, mm-hmm. they, when they make Spider-Man 3, what villain would you want to see in there? And you can't say one that has already been in, you know, like one of the Tobey Maguire movies or the Andrew Garfield movies or whatever. It has to be like mm-hmm. one that's never been in the movie before. D- does that include Spider-Verse? Um, so no, 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 no. Spider-Verse is totally separate, so. No tombstone. Mm-hmm. Craven would be a good one. I, I would also maybe like to see Scorpion. Yeah, I mean... A, a, yeah, Scorpion would be good too. They I had agree. Gargan in the first movie, so he's out there. Yeah, but well, yeah, I would definitely want to see Scorpion. He wasn't in as the Scorpion; he was just a civilian. Right, uh, but I mean, I, Matt Gargan is there, so obviously he can he can become the Scorpion. Yeah, potentially, potentially. Any others? We got Scorpion. We got Craven. The Gibbon. No. <laughs> what? Dazzler. Oh, the Dazzler. Venom. Oh, no, never mind. Ah, Ooh. no, been done. <laughs> well, they could do the Jackal, but then you'd wind up with the whole clone saga. And yeah, see, that, that's when I stopped collecting. <laughs> After that whole Jackal clone saga, I was like, oh, that's it for me. My goodness. The Molten Man. Ben Riley, right. Man Wolf. Oh, that would be good. <laughs> well, they had John Jameson and uh, was it Spider-Man 2 or 3? 2, right? Yeah. I think it was 2. So um, I was hoping he would the Punisher. Like, I mean, they haven't had Punisher in a Spider-Man film. He had his, you know, his other little movies, but Morbius. But they're doing a Morbius movie or Morpheus. Morbius, yeah. Morbius, the living why vampire. Doing a solo movie. Yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe he'll face the Sinister Six. Do you, now, do you guys think Mysterio really is dead? I, well, you know, yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure he is. Mm. Now, it you know, of course, nobody like dies it. in comics and nobody dies in the movies, but he seemed pretty dead at the end of this one. It seems like he's dead, but somebody else from that group could put on the costume i suppose tech still exists now what if there was some strange kind of kree scroll war building up in the background and that wasn't really 
Oh, I can't even think of his name. Uh, Mysterio's real name. That was actually a scroll that died. Well, then the scrolls would be playing both sides. Yeah, there could be like an, a civil war within the scroll. And not, well, they're not an empire now, but. Down the scroll diaspora. <laughs> now, now, I think exactly. now I think we're getting into all the crazy talk. That'd be funny if it comes to fruition, then I'm a winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> We well, we, we have the recording. <laughs> We've got the recording, hey, so you can always look back on it. If Ensign Debbie is listening, three points for Gryffindor for her son catching that little blip that uh, Bob missed. Because I caught that, too, and I'm like, ah, okay, so we have a little thing that we're doing at the end of every movie now. Why don't you explain that, Larry? Well, like Bob said, it's like Peter gets exposed, and Peter's like, what the f- <laughs> And the movie ends in whatever. Same thing May did at the end of the uh, Homecoming movie when she finds out Peter's in the Spider-Man. And so we have also home in the title of the these two movies. So does that mean Spider-Man 3 is going to be like Spider-Man Home Fries or Spider-Man Homeboy or Spider-Man it, it could Take be. or Take Me Home Country Roads? Spider-Man you know. Gets Homely. Might might be yeah. He becomes homeless. I I don't know. <laughs> Spider Man ain't no home. <laughs> uh, maybe he spent some time with Thor and he looks homey. I don't know. I, you know. So, I read a rumor. I don't know if it was a rumor, if it was news, if it was fact or whatever. Could have dreamt uh, it. That Marvel and Sony <laughs> signed a pact for like nine more Spider Man movies. What? What? <laughs> I read it. I don't know if someone was messing around with people's heads or what. Did Did you read it in print or on the internet? Oh, on the internet. Because everything on, on the, the internet, internet is of true. Of course I read it on the internet. <laughs> I also read somewhere that if if this movie doesn't make a billion dollars, the rights go back to Sony. So, I mean, who knows? They go back to Marvel. No, they go back to Sony. Because well, Sony ultimately... Ultimately, Sony owns uh, Spider-Man, and they're just they're like lending him out to Marvel and allowing Marvel to integrate him into the MCU. Yeah, well, they haven't been able to do anything good with him for a while, so they might as well. Let but Marvel it was basically the original deal was a three-movie deal, which ended with this. Well, let's see who has more money, Sony or Disney. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it would be something if if Marvel and Disney suddenly got X-Men and Fantastic Four back and then lost Spider-Man. It would make me cry. Eh, yeah, Spider-Man and X-Men. There's other heroes. I mean. No, but I mean, you know, Spider-Man is kind of the face of Marvel. It just doesn't seem right if they don't have control over Spider-Man it. Spider-Man is Spider-Man. Spider-Man is my favorite non-Japanese superhero. They can always come up with the black monkey. I mean, you know, there's there's other versions. The, the of, night monkey. The night, night, mon- monkey. night monkey. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they were setting it up that way. Yeah. <laughs> he is now going to be night monkey. Or bring the bring the robot monkey from Spider-Verse and the little uh, girl, and they can have their own little spider. Oh, but that's Sony, too. That's not Marvel. Never. Yep, mind. yep, yep. yep. Well, I thought Iron Man was the face of Marvel, or that's just the MCU. 
the MCU. I mean, Spider-Man is absolutely the face of the comics. I mean, look at like when they used to release the comics to, uh, you know, you can get them in smoke shops or drug stores or whatever, and you could also get them in comic shops. So the uh, smoke shops and all that would have the barcode down in the corner. And then when you bought them at the comic shop, since they were smaller and they don't have barcode readers, it would be Spider-Man's face in that box on every, that's, on that's every because he was cheap single to use. comic. <laughs> I'm just pushing your guys' buttons. I know you love Spider-Man. Um, well, let me ask you guys this. If they were to introduce Miles Morales in the, in the MCU or Sony CU or whatever, should they incorporate it into a current Spider-Man film or should Miles get his own uh, three picture deal as it were and, and not deal with Peter at all? What say you? What say us? Me? Who? We. We? Um, <laughs> I would think he would need to be... I mean, yes, my, people know who Miles is because of, of Into the Spider-Verse, but uh, live-action movie-wise, I think he would have to be introduced in a Spider-Man movie. You could then spin him off, no pun intended, mm -hmm. into uh, his own series of movies or have him as his own character in the Marvel universe or whatever. Yeah, I agree. I think he would have to debut in another film first, probably a Spider-Man film. That would seem to make the most sense. And then uh, if, if successful, move on to his own movies. Hmm. But I think it'd be interesting. It'd be kind of cool to, to see Miles in yeah. a live action movie. And, and there will be another animated Spider-Verse film. They've already confirmed that. So we will see further exploits of Mile, at least in the animated. Yeah, see, uh, now I think in the universe. animated version, I think Peter's probably out of it at this point. And it's going to be just focusing on Miles from now on. Mm, I think that's a safe My bet. Miles and Spider-Gwen. Oh, that'd be cool. I do like Spider-Gwen. Uh, let me ask you guys this. So the first Spider-Man, this, uh, you know, iteration of Spider-Man had Iron Man in the film. Second one had uh, Nick Fury in the film. Who, if anyone from the MCU will be in the third Spider-Man movie? Ooh. Or who would you like to see? Well, I mean, Happy and May have a little something, something going on. So that, that's a given they're, they're going to be there. But I was Happy talking like there. a hero type uh character well i mean it could be anyone really except for cap yeah. except for cap he's an old man i was I, gonna say black widow and then i remembered she's dead because <laughs> <laughs> it would work spider-man black widow oh but, yeah yeah but no <sighs> well maybe maybe there's some time travel involved since she'll have her own little disney netflix show going on well, she's got a, uh, they're going to do a movie. Movie, that's what it is, yeah. sorry. But, but yeah, yeah I think it takes place in the past. So, I don't know, it might be interesting to see him team up with uh, Bucky and I don't know if Falcon is going to be Falcon or Captain America, but they had that interesting fight in Civil War, so. 
you know, I'm going to digress here for a minute. So who is getting a TV show on that Disney thing? It's going to be Loki. Loki's yes. getting one. Uh, they've got the uh, Winter, Winter Soldier and Falcon will be teaming Winter up. Soldier and Falcon. And, Hawkeye. Uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's it. I don't know about Hawkeye. Yeah, I don't I know. Heard, I heard something about Hawkeye. And Jeremy Renner was, I guess I should go on the internet and take a look. I'll Google it or I'll ask Siri. See, now that now that Spider-Man is out and in its run, I mean, you got to figure out, you got to figure Kevin Feige's going to like, you know, open up the gates oh, and announce uh, <laughs> and announce what the future movies are going to be. Next week at Comic-Con, I think, right? Or in two weeks, whenever yeah, okay. San Diego is, they're going to, they're going to be in Hall H. Yeah. And then next go. month is the, um, what do they call it? D23, right? The mm -hmm. Disney thing. So, so it could I'm, be either of those. Next couple of months. Yeah. We should. I, I'm thinking maybe a tease in San Diego and then the reveal at the D23. Probably. Well, I mean, so uh, Spider-Man hit. So we're going to get another Black Panther. We're going to get another Doctor Strange. We're going to get Guardians uh, another of the Captain Galaxy Marvel. 3. Uh, what's that, Bob? Ga Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Oh, that's right. Guardians of the Galaxy. So that's four films right there. Um, I don't know what else they could introduce. You know, it would have to be something new then. Those are all well, sequels to existing properties. What do you think about the rumors that Keanu Reeves is going to get a role in the Marvel Universe? And and if he does, what uh, is there any character you would like him to play or any character you would be terrified for him to play? You know, he's getting a little <laughs> long in the tooth now, isn't he? So uh, what would be an older Marvel character? Uh, is, isn't he the same age as Jake? Gyllenhaal or whatever, or they look the same to me. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, Jake, good, Jake was a one like a one off in a movie, something. but you know, if he's going to come in and do a series of movies, you know, he's gonna well, be, he he could. Is that what you're asking, Walker? If he's going to become like a hero, or could he be like a villain and just do a one? Well, he could know? do either. You know, they've. I just keep hearing a lot of rumors that the, he's uh, that Marvel's talking to him about a role, and there have been different things pass back mm. and forth like he might be in the Eternals or he might be in Fantastic Four but there yeah, as yeah, far the, as I know the Eternals that's another done. movie they're, they're, mm. they have on the slate supposedly oh the the X-Men and Fantastic Four I love oh, Keanu uh, Craven I, I, I would buy him as a Craven the Hunter <laughs> so so I guess that also begs since we brought it up how do you think they're going to introduce the Fantastic I mean, They already said that X-Men was going to be later hmm. because you just had another X-Men movie like out right now. So um, you're probably not going to see another X-Men movie for at least a couple of years. So let's say they're concentrating on bringing the Fantastic Four in. How do you think they introduce them? And where have they been all this time? Multiverse. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> It's true, I tell you. Look to the skies. See, because the other rumor uh, is you've got the old Stark slash Avengers Tower, which has played a prominent role in uh, the first Spider-Man movie. Mm -hmm. And in the second Spider-Man movie, you see them still working on it. Some people think it's going to be Oscorp. Others think it's going to be the Baxter building. 
Mm. So, uh, you know, flip of the coin. But if it is the Baxter building, then uh, how do you introduce the Fantastic Four? I, I always thought, and I would have loved to have seen the Fantastic Four kind of the way that they did Wonder Woman, make it a period piece. You know, uh, her story was in World War One and, and all that stuff. And then second movie is going to be 84 in the uh, in the Justice League movie. She was in current time. Fantastic Four, they can open it up half hour, 45 minutes, hour, a period piece. that they, they don't necessarily have to do an origin story. I think that's been done twice already. And uh, whether it was a byproduct of the snap or a miscalculation in the negative uh, universe, uh, and they wind up in today's MCU, which is five years ahead of us. And that's how I would introduce the Fantastic Four. Next. Very interesting. <laughs> well, yeah, I would, have, I would have liked to have seen a, a period piece, too, with them in the 60s. Mm. And I know we talked about this kind of before, like, oh, yeah, maybe they could get trapped in the negative zone and then come out. But I, I almost feel like, well, they've sort of had similar things happen, you know, with Cap being in the ice and then with well, the Captain, original Wasp being caught in the quantum realm. So Captain Marvel. Now, yeah, Captain Marvel was, you know, around in the 90s. So now I almost feel like, well, maybe they need to just have have it be contemporary Um, but I don't, I really, really don't want to see Dr. Doom's origin tied to the Fantastic Four's origin in the sense that, you know, oh, Doom gets his power. Mm -hmm. One, he should not have powers. They need, they need a villain to take over for Thanos in the next series of films. They need a big, big, big bad. I mean, that could be Dr. Doom. Or Galactus. Could be Galactus. Yeah. I don't know that I'd want to see Doom brought in in the first Fantastic Four film. Maybe Victor Von Doom, but not like his full mm-hmm. Doctor Doom persona. Um, that was the other uh, the other fan theory was at the end of, you know, end of Endgame before they did the re-release or whatever. The only post-credit thing was basically at the end of the credit, you heard the hammer hitting the iron, which everyone figures was a tribute to Tony Stark building his armor. But what if it was Victor Von Doom building his armor? <laughs> that would be cool if that was the case. A little tease for everybody. I, the Russo brothers said as much that it was like bookends. It, it was Tony building the armor and they, but, and they could be lying too because hey. Directors lie just to like take us off the scent. So who knows? Well, they did their last Marvel movie, right? They're out of yeah, the contract. Yeah, that's it for them. So, yeah. Yeah. so it doesn't matter what they say. <laughs> Although they did say in an interview that they would gladly come back if they could do the Fantastic Four. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm with Karen in that. Go ahead and introduce Victor, but um, I wouldn't necessarily put Doom as the first villain in the, you know, MCU version of the Fantastic Four. Do you bring Chris uh, Evans back as the Human Torch? <laughs> and Jessica Alba as uh-huh. the Invisible Girl? There I mean, go. okay, we need to not think these thoughts. <laughs> well, you also have the rumor that had the there's some rumor going around that uh, who's the guy in uh, Stranger Things that plays the, uh, the yeah sheriff? he played Hellboy Hopper yeah, 
Hopper. I can't think of his name. There was a rumor he was going to play the thing. Or that he had a desire to be the thing or something. Yeah. You know, I I, I think it's a foregone conclusion that whoever plays the thing, it's going to be CGI like the Hulk. I mean, they have that technology. Yeah. I I doubt it would be, you know, rubber suit like the first one. And where does the Hulk Uh, go from here? They haven't announced a Hulk movie and... I don't think they will. You think that's it for the Hulk? I think that's it for a lot of them. uh, Unless they wind up, you know, in one of the TV shows. Well, supposedly the Hulk's arm is not going to recover. At least that's what the... uh, the Russos were saying, but you know, they're done. So who they're knows? done. They don't matter. Who knows? Their opinions do not matter. God, you're so harsh, Bob. <laughs> the, Russo, <laughs> the Russos are no longer canon in the MCU. Poo poo on you, Russos. Uh, I spit in your general direction. <laughs> and I said spit because I didn't want to say the other word. It all, Thank you very it much. Comes, it all comes down to Feige. Yeah, that's true. What what direction is he going to push it into now? Obviously, they said they were going to go more galactic. So that should be interesting. Well, unless so they, they introduce so maybe the they Moon Knight. Then... So maybe they are thinking Galactus. I, I, you know, right. It, but after Thanos, would it be smart to make another space god, you know, as their nemesis? I guess it could be ironic they could introduce Adam Warlock to fight Galactus, but eh, I don't yeah. know. Well, see, then that way you can bring in the Silver Surfer and you can bring in the Fantastic Four. and Oh, yeah. I mean, you can bring in the Silver Surfer. You can bring in the Silver Surfer and the, the Guardians of the Galaxy now. You don't need the FF. They, they own all of it, the IP. So Adam Warlock and the Surfer have had a history, too. So I don't know. Anything is possible. That's true. Speaking of anything is possible, huh? do we have any last minute thoughts on Spider-Man Far From Home? Well, I will take that as a no. No, well, no. <laughs> Again, it's an just kind of wrap it. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Um, you know, will you a, buy the DVD? Well. Yeah. You were you yes. were going to ask, and you yes. haven't asked yet. Yes. What is our favorite Spider-Man movie? Well, that that's that was going to be my final. Uh, but so we're there. So, Bob, I, I think what's your I favorite Spider-Man movie, and why? I think we're stammering over an answer enough that yes, we should go onto this subject. Um, <laughs> 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 I'm going to say Spider-Man Two. The Sam Raimi version. Mm. Uh, I think it's because you had one villain and one villain only, and that was the villain, Doc Ock. Mm-hmm. And you didn't, they didn't try to sandwich other villains in there, which they did in almost every other movie. They just concentrated on him and only him. And he was done very well. And the he movie, was. I thought, was very good so i would have to go with spider-man 2 spider-man 3 is where it all went off the rails and that was it (laughs) and uh karen what say ye up in the satellite of 
spying. Spying. It's it's not really that bad. I'm just watching everyone. Uh, <laughs> oh, great overseer. Oh, yes. I'm here with Watu the Watcher. Um, it's Karen Watcher, right? Not Walker. Karen Watcher. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Although I don't wear the little, you know, skirt and cape like the other watchers do. Oh. That gets too cold. With the um, sash. Uh, yes. you know. The sash is quite stylish, though. And you, yeah. have, ha- and you have hair. <laughs> it, yeah. uh, well, for, for now. Um, <laughs> I, um, if we're just talking live action, because I really liked Into the Spider-Verse, so I, I kind I of... Yeah, well, I think that, say, that, that one was just kind of beyond all the other movies. I mean, it was yeah. just like, it was you know, a Spider-Man comic book on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so I, I kind of put that. it in its own category. Mm. Um, but if I just talk about the live action films, uh, I would probably go with Homecoming. I really enjoyed it. I, I really liked it a lot. Uh, to me, the problem I had with either the Tobey Maguire or Garfield movies is I didn't feel like either actor was really young enough or you know one of them might capture like i felt mcguire sort of captured parker but i didn't feel his spider-man was spot on and then sort of like garfield i felt kind of had the spider-man thing but not the parker thing but i feel like uh um tom holland has both i really i I wish they would let him wisecrack a little bit more but i think he does both really well so i well, he kind of did when they introduced him in Civil War. He was wisecracking all over the place. Yeah, this film, that was one thing I thought was a little bit missing in Far From Home is he he, uh, he doesn't get to wisecrack or, or be a smartass quite as much. And he's a little bit too in awe of Mysterio and he kind of wants to play by the rules. So we kind of lost the rebellious Spider-Man. But I like, I think Homecoming, He that was really, to me, that was kind of the essence of spider-man so i like that one the most mm. well i will preface my answer with a small shout out uh once upon a time karen did a blog called bronze age babies now i've never met uh, her co-blogger doug other than on twitter and the Twitterverse. and doug put a post out he had just recently saw the far from home film and he ranked spider-man 2 far from home and into the Spider-Verse in his top three. Uh, but the the caveat is first three could move around. I feel that way. Uh, and I know Spider-Verse is kind of like our, our uh, animated film, so we're not kind of counting it. I, I can't pick a, a favorite out of those three. Um, I, I loved the portrayal of Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2. Um, he was the villain, even though... Um, you know, there was um, Harold or uh, Osborne. Uh, Harry was uh, kind of building um, Doc Ock up and, and, you know, pushing him to, to get Spider-Man and, and his identity and stuff like that. Um, I love Raimi the way he, the, the tentacles almost had their own personality or, or, or mind, you know, like they were communicating to each other. Well, it was kind of a battle of the wills of who was going to control who. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's fun. And, you know, Homecoming, 
I, 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 for me, instead of the Spider-Verse, it would be Homecoming and Far From Home. I like this version of Spider-Man. I like the high school Spider-Man. I'm okay with taking Uncle Ben out and putting Uncle Tony. I don't care that his aunt's hot and dating happy. Um, MJ is Mary Jane or Marilyn Monroe or whoever. Uh, it, it's good stories. They're fun films, good actors. And um, yeah, that that's the spider gospel from Larry. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) The King of the Monsters is back. Back, back, back. Relive his greatest battles in a weekend of kaiju classics at the Balboa Theater, August 23rd to 25th. Join Bay Area Film Events at Theater Full of Vendors, Artists, Prizes, and more. For tickets and information, go to bayareafilmevents.com. Don't miss out on the greatest Godzilla event in the Bay Area. So we've reached that point in our show uh, where we um, share the latest and greatest crap uh, things that have come across our attention. And uh, this week, however, we're going to digress from that format. And uh, Mr. Chief Engineer is going to share some breaking news uh, with us uh, today. Bob, take it away. Well, it is breaking as we record this. By the time it sees the cyber waves, um, I don't know how breaking it will be. But (laughs) for someone like me who grew up with and still is with and loves all things Ultraman, Mill Creek has obtained the rights to Ultraman from Subaraya Productions. Now, keep in mind, yes, there was stuff out from Shout Factory and BCI and whatever, but that was not officially licensed from Subaraya. These are direct from Subaraya Productions, the creators of Ultraman, and they did not just buy Ultraman. They bought everything from Ultra Q all the way up through they're currently negotiating for Ultraman Taiga, which is the new series that is just starting to run. And uh, so they've got like about 30 different TV shows. They got like 20 different movies and they're all coming to streaming and Blu-ray and possible broadcast. If there's any, you know, networks, uh, cable or otherwise that are interested. So it's huge, huge news for, uh, all the ultra people out there, all the ultra fans like me. And, uh, and also, cool. um, my sci-fi Japan partner, Keith Aiken, who you heard interview, uh, Michael Doherty with me in the Godzilla episode. He's been hired on by Mill Creek to consult on this thing. So what? Uh, yes. <laughs> oh yes. Nice. That is, I did and, not know uh, that. That's cool. And he's asked me to help and I don't get paid. So, uh, <laughs> Very nice. So yeah, we'll be yeah. we'll be working on it, and uh, we don't pay Bob here. That's right. <laughs> I don't get paid anywhere. I don't know what the heck is going on. <laughs> I just do all this for the art. All <laughs> there you go. For the love of the genre. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I mean it's huge news though because I won't go into the entire sordid mess of Chayo and Subaraya and that whole thing. Uh, maybe we can. I can uh, have Karen post a link to an article that we did for Sci-Fi Japan on the whole mess. But 
Um, but now that that is cleared up and Subaraya has sole rights, uh, it's going to be big. It's going to be a big, huge launch. So the first two titles will be Ultra Q and Ultraman, which will be coming out in October. And then uh, I believe they're going to kind of go back and forth between old stuff, new stuff. So uh, the really two releases after that will probably be something like Ultraman Jeed and Ultraman Orb or something like that. But, um, but the first two to come out will be Ultra Q and Ultraman. And you'll want to get those even if you own that really cheap, crappy PCI Ultraman that's been out for years on DVD. Um, many problems with that. But uh, I did a whole article on that on Sci-Fi Japan as well. But, uh, yeah, these are the definitive ones. These are the ones you're going to want to get. And they're all totally remastered, and they will look beautiful. Well, thank you very much, Chief Engineer Bob. And kids, remember, you heard it here last week first. No, wait. So if this comes out on the 22nd. Anyway, breaking news. You heard it here from the horse's mouth who doesn't get paid. Chief Engineer Bob, I'm running out of things to say. <laughs> hey, guys, take care of yourselves. Until next time, we'll see you soon. On that note, this will conclude this transmission from Planet 8. We would like to thank all of our intergalactic audience for listening. Be sure to head on over to our website at www.planet8podcast.blogspot.com where you can get more information on this episode's topic. For more conversation, find us on Twitter at Planet8Cast. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash planet8podcast. We want to thank you guys for tuning in each and every episode. We look forward to your input and opinions. Until next time, this is Planet8 signing off. End transmission. By George, he's got it. It is the end. Just like flies, look out! Spider-Man, a Spider-Man. Is his strong lesson but He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Look out! There goes the Spider-Man. In a chill of night, at a scene of a crime, like a streak. Of light, he arrives just in time. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Wealth and fame, he's ignored. Action is his reward. Look out, there goes the Spider-Man. In the chill of night, at a scene of crime, like a streak of light, he arrives. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, 
friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Wealth and fame, he's ignored. Action is his reward. Look out, there goes the Spider-Man. Find a spider man. 